Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside from just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Uh, I am well, Andrew. How are you? There, ha- <laughs> I don't know if there have been many podcasts before that I've actually been like really almost nervous, afraid, afraid. Yeah. I'm scared well, because of me, because of some temper that I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll fly into. I don't know how. I don't know what the nature of our relationship is going to be when this podcast is over right now, I count you among one of my closest friends and I hope that nothing happens over the course of the next hour that changes that Uh, I'm scared. Normally you and I talk all weekend about games, about the pod, about whatever it was. It was very quiet. It was no texting before the podcast tonight. Usually we kind of have like, like almost sometimes like a 20 minute pre pod chit chat Mm. tonight. No conversation. It was strictly business. Now, some of it's in part because you are uh, somewhat erratic in your watching. So texting you, at least the texting part That's over true. the weekend, I I, 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 I I, avoid that. And I thank because... you for that. However, this one I did watch live. Uh-huh. I did see it live. You did? I did. I you certainly did. All I saw of... every single thing that happened, and I saw yeah. it live. You saw more than the VAR saw. Well, he saw it. (laughs) He was just, he was just a little confused. Jet jet lagged, possibly. (laughs) This, these matchups between these two teams, I don't look. I'm going to get deep for a second. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know. However, the things that have happened since the inception of this podcast between Liverpool and Tottenham, it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. Because these teams are completely incapable of playing a normal 90 minutes against one another. They met in a Champions League final, which is a thing that always felt like fiction Mm. that actually could have happened. And then it culminates 
with both unbeaten in a game like this, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, why well, I have a lot to say. Um, do you want to begin? I, I do. I do. I do resent Uh-oh. somewhat. Um, and I know, I know there are things that have gone against Spurs, uh, in these matchups, there absolutely has been over the, over the last few years. Um, but I don't, and, I, and like I, I'm not inviting screenshots from Spurs fans. They've already sent them to me. Also, they must think I'm some bitter bastard. Like that, I that all I think about is like Spurs and 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 inflicting pain upon them, and that I see these games as some kind of like misery fest for Spurs. Like there, ha- Spurs have been unlucky in some of the games, but there's been nothing. On the level of the breakdown of the impl- the implementation of rules, as we've seen of sorry, excuse me, of laws, as we've seen on 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 Saturday, there just hasn't been anything like that. In fact, no, that the the, the offside is a, of a different level. I can I can admit that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, Tottenham have had there's there's a litany of of gripes that Tottenham have had in these games over gripes. the years, and, and I and 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 I've I actually agree with a lot of them um i i i i some tottenham supporter some listener of ours now it was in in fairness it was in good good humor sent the screenshots uh and i think it was from daily hotspur and they were like win some lose some all right okay you know but like you're just throwing out nuance if you like if this had happened to Spurs, I'd be I'd be equal not outraged not equally outraged, no. but I would be absolutely in agreement that this was a travesty and a total yeah, effing I... mistake. Like you don't that's the that's the one thing I feel has crept in, like since we've started doing this podcast, definitely, which is kind of coincided with the explosion of social media. Like I'm not upset. Uh, or I'm not devastated that oh bloody Spurs got one over on us. I'm not. We've dominated that. You know, we've absolutely dominated. I I have a child with a Spurs supporter. You know, I was happy for her. You know, I was, I, 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 I simply don't believe that. I think you just lied to everyone, <laughs> and I want you to apologize. No, no, but yeah, you can be happy for someone and yet sad for yourself, or sad at the outcome. Like, but you can be, you can their own specific joy. You can, you can uh, f- feel connection with, and mm-hmm. and I felt that way with her. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm like Spurs. The ultimate insult I could pay to Spurs that for most of my supporting life, I haven't thought of you at all. You know, like. You know, they won yesterday. It's not about begrudging Spurs their win or that they've been badly done by down through the years. It's just like the manner of the... Not not the whole refereeing performance. I did, I, there was many aspects I didn't like. And yesterday, if you'd asked me around, we'll say, 3 o'clock, I would have said it was... Oh, oh my God. Well, you wouldn't have been able to speak to me. I'll put it that way. But it's, it's probably one of the great mistakes in the history of this pod that we didn't record Saturday at about three thirty in the afternoon. I would have said some things I would have had to walk back later on. <laughs> um, I would have I made. Think it was a, that, I think it was a I, missed opportunity. I would have made threats that Interpol would have had to be contacted to say <laughs> were just jokes. Uh, no, um, I, I, I guess my point uh, as I as I trundle towards one is that. 
this kind of hit home with me a lot because I've hated so many aspects of the implementation of VAR and, 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 and of offsides and things like that in the game. And it just felt like a vindication, a, a, a disgustingly sour vindication. It's like someone's celebrating you being right and they're serving, serving you champagne, but the champagne is actually bubbly piss. You know, you don't want to drink it. So let's go right to that. That's obviously the biggest moment to come out of this game, which is saying something because there are no shortage of moments that came out of this game. But well, they- I, I would I would say that it it was shaping up to be a heck of a game, a lot of fun. Um, like the early portion, Spurs looked really, really good going forward, and then Liverpool came back, forced two saves, um, from the Tottenham keeper. I I I was enjoying it. I was into it. Now, I'd say the Curtis Jones sending off was going to put the game into a totally different game state anyway. But like Liverpool's adaptability in this game, and I know we'll get to all that. I was very impressed with the Liverpool's performance. Like, to, you know, I, I thought their ability to still be competitive and to almost get a point from this game with nine men was something they can really take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's let's well, let, let's we'll go, go through the other stuff. By, Gruesome incident. Yeah, well, in the power rankings of incidents, the the Luis Diaz one is the one that has the power. Oh. To, it feels like to potentially shape the season in some ways. I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. Look, I I will. I don't know what people are expecting me to say coming off of that. It's it's a horrifying mistake. It's one of the worst. I mean, honestly, it's it's in like because Liverpool's fan base is the size that it is, and because Liverpool means essentially what they mean to this league, the gravity of it will be on a different level. But to me, it goes right into the category of remember the Sheffield United ball that crossed the line that the goal line technology didn't go off. And then Villa got the point and then Bournemouth wound up getting relegated because of it. It's one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen from like an officiating perspective, although a different kind of officiating, this goes into that category for me. It's that. And and you're right, because it's a bigger club that carries so much more weight. Right now, now in the end, part of that weight is dependent upon what happens this season. Like that, that happened. And Bournemouth wound up a few months later getting relegated. If this, if Liverpool miss out on a title by a point or two points, we can come back to this and have another conversation about just what it meant. But right now in this moment, uh, I was dumbfounded when it happened. So in real time, I thought, Ooh, that's close. And then they showed it. And I thought F he scored. Yeah. And then they said, no, I thought I, I kind of thought you have the audio. I think of, of I have the, the audio. Okay. So, so let's, uh, we will start with um, Peter Drury and Lee Dixon, who I thought anchored the whole game superbly yesterday. It was a joy to listen to them most of the time. I did disagree with um, Dixon on a couple of things, but here they are, um, and they're under no illusion. In fact, they think some kind of, they think that their eyes are seeing well, just play it. something different. All right, okay, let's play it. Of course, that'll be checked. Yeah, well, it was a finish. Certainly was. I'm just going to have a look. I'll tell you what, he's oh, on side. He's on. This is going to count. Unless my eyes deceive me, the lines of the pitch where the groundsman's cut the grass, it's a brilliant finish because he's been wrestled. He is offside. Nice. 
It's a, it's a deceptive angle. Am I, am I seeing things there? <laughs> I mean, that's how most of us felt. Well, so I, what Peter Drury said is sort of what I felt at the end when he's kind of like, well, there must be some other angle. Like, that's <laughs> kind of what I was like, well, he's clearly on from this angle. So they must, they must have access to something that we don't because if they're looking at this, he's he, acres he's, on. He's on side. Like, it's, I don't know, there is no debate. Um, but so but that they was, never did was the, sort of what never, I fell on. Yeah, but nobody went, oh, that's tight. You know that one. Ooh, right, he that's was close. He, he, that's appeared, close. he was on side. He was on. He was, I mean, in, in terms of like he was he was acres on, absolutely acres on in terms of what offsides are. And um I couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm just gonna get inundated with screenshots. And I kind of thought what you thought as well is that they have access to to better computers, better camera angles to then discover after the game that the mistake or the error was not a mistake of interpretation it was a mistake of communication that floored me and then um the fact that there's some protocol or rule that the minute like they could see their error because if the var thought what they'd done was correct or or, or and, and had been acknowledged as correct by the officiating team on the field, then it would be a kickoff. Right. Not so a he, free kick. He had, so they had a, he had to have known instantly, like, wait, why are they doing this? No, 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 hold on. And that didn't, there was no wait, wait, hold on. There was it, no it wait, just, wait, It was allowed on. to and, just continue. And No, but like, yeah. I grew up in soccer where um, free kick could be taken quickly and then the referee will blow the whistle and then bring it back. You know, it's not like play has started. Play must be respected. Totally agree. You may not interrupt the play. It's absolute bollocks. Bring it back. Admit you've made a mistake and go and explain it on the huge screens that Tottenham have paid for. The massive screens. You have the technology to explain what's just happened there. And everyone will go home and watch match today and they'll be like, all right, fair enough, yeah. But no. No, they didn't do that. And then... I think most of the anger really washed over me Uh-oh. like a thick yogurt that just completely weighed me down for the day. The the uh, the Times of London then reporting that uh, Mr. England was in the, the, the VAR, was in the United Arab Emirates on Thursday refereeing a game there. Now, Here's the thing. I'm not joining Conspiracy Liverpool Twitter. And let me tell you, that is an effing thing. That is a thing that is metastasized over the weekend. Some of our own listeners have tweeted at us, and I've seen it in many other places. A conspiracy a conspiracy against Liverpool? No, no, no. The, How do you mean conspiracy against Liverpool? The Liverpool fans think that, there are conspir- that there's conspiracies oh, well, conspiracy against, against Liverpool. Them? Yeah, 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 that they won't be, they're not, that this kind of decision, and it, it's absolutely so ridiculous and absurd that it won't, uh, that it's, um, it, it's, it's reason to believe they're not being allowed win the Premier League. But if you want, if you want to be unimpeachable or be seen to be unimpeachable, which is the most important thing, well, your referees should not be allowed to go to the home state of the owners of Manchester City 
the referee games. I actually don't believe anything untoward happened. I reckon the referee saw this is a, they're paying us how much to ref on a Thursday night in the United Arab Emirates? Let's get there. And the, and the Premier League signed off on it, which they should never have done. Don't, no, no, you're, you're, you're uh, of course, you're nothing, paid by us. Of course, so, nothing so untoward thing, happened. I this don't is, think this I, is an incredible I, mistake. It's an unbelievable mistake. By the way, it's also it's also the greatest piece of evidence that there's not a conspiracy. Because if there was, do you think they would do something so damn obvious? Yeah. yeah. Like no, oh, no, they, no, those things happen in the shadows. Like they it wouldn't but, be so blatant. But but the the main reason was that people were thinking about fatigue. Like these guys are traveling the length of the the halfway around the world in the middle, like a few days out from a actually. Hours really out from a, a Premier League game like that shouldn't be happening. They shouldn't be double jobbing like that. Forget that it's the owners of Manchester City who are paying them to do this. It shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I, I guess I would agree with that. I don't know how the PGMOL can tell their referees to not take these opportunities where they They're can make, contract Andrew. Where they so they can. Well, I mean, so what? They could just, but that's probably Premier not League, in. Is that in any kind of contract currently that they're the told Premier League? And the PGMOL would have had to sign off on any referees going to referee in foreign league. You can be absolutely certain of that in the midst of a of a Premier League season. Shouldn't have done it. It just it looks terrible. And yeah, maybe they were fatigued. There's no freaking explanation for how they dropped the ball on this one. Um, the Liverpool statement. Huh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to let this go. That's know, that's but... a, that's what I take from the statement. I mean, there, there's a lot of the usual stuff in there that you would expect, but the final line is the only one that really matters. Escalation We're... and resolution. They say, in the meantime, we will explore the range of options available given the clear need for escalation and resolution. So I what don't... are they looking for here? What does right, that exactly. mean? You see, I don't know what that means, and I would have a problem with that. Um, That's not... <laughs> okay, it absolutely stinks that the PGMOL can come out with a statement in the minutes after a game and go, we have not acknowledged our error and we'll acknowledge it to Liverpool Football Club. Will you? Thanks. Like, a friend of mine, I embarrass myself, a friend of mine texted me and, 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 and said, um, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable to me that they can, igno- you know, they just, they just float in, acknowledge their mistake and like, okay, like what you that's you just acknowledge it and walk away that's the end of it right and then i said and i'm probably half right but then i said yeah but that is football and it's i felt weird saying it because i felt like i was kind of talking down um that is football though like mistakes happen there are no do-overs unless it's something like the ajax scenario that you ranted about last week well that's something completely different Right, but there are no do-overs for mistakes by the referees, Andrew. No, nor should there be. Right. I mean, so, by the way, this is not un- like American fans are subject to this kind of thing all the time. The NBA releases a two-minute report about bad calls from the final two minutes of games. It's all. It feels like it's a regular occurrence that we're being told of huge calls that were mistakes in in massive the, playoff games. Like, but that's the thing that confuses me this, about this the part of sports. State. That's what confuses me about the Liverpool statements. Like, what do they think they're going to do? Now, uh, there's another angle to this as well. Well, Why? real quick, just just before you move off of that, I don't think because my initial thing was, do they want some kind of like, do they want points here? 
Do they? I, I don't. My, I, I've come down no, from that. I don't think that no. that's it. I think that even however angry Klopp they wouldn't are, wouldn't allow them to do that. Klopp would. Uh, Klopp uh, would step in. It, like it wouldn't be beyond John Henry. I, I think that or any they, Yank owner, to be honest with you, most and, and no disrespect to Americans, oh, but yeah. like any American billionaire, I should qualify that to look for a do-over. It would. It wouldn't be beyond them. But um, it would be on be beyond the football people in the club to say no. You're not doing that. Maybe there. My guess is maybe there's some kind of rule change that they're that they're angling for here. I don't know exactly what that would be, uh, but like. But, but Andrew, know. they had the opportunity. Now, I, and I don't know which way Liverpool voted, but there was the opportunity to bring in that kind of unbelievable semi-automated or automated offside that they have in the Champions League, and we saw in the World Cup. Like that stuff is quick and accurate, mm-hmm. and. There's there's no breakdown in communication between the referees won't like that won't affect that. Um, yeah, you know so, what? So 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 why did the Premier League vote against that? Well, because there was this sect of Premier League fans that are desperate for the human element to remain in this game, and so they're trying to they're trying to be the best of both worlds with this system. And I mean, look, this is this is a rarity. Like I know VAR is subject to mistakes, but this I don't know that we'll see one like this ever again. I I still think if you add this into the totality of of VAR decision, like I can't, I don't. What can I, I tell was you? Against it, I was against it from the start, but I was open to it. So, and I, I want to be careful because me and you, we could descend into an argument here very easily. I don't see how it's made the game added to the game. I don't see how it's like put aside. Like now we're going to have this clarity. We don't have the clarity. So here I'm not, I will not take the bait and I, we're not going to, we don't need to go into a, a conversation on VAR. I'm but not I trying will, to bait you. I know, but I will say this. There is a great irony to this. Let's say we were living in some kind of alternate universe where there is no VAR. If this same thing happened, mm. you know what Liverpool fans and the media at large would be screaming today, right? The linesman's it, an idiot. They'd be saying, this is why we need video review. He's clearly on side. It's been ruled off. It's marred this massive fixture between these two I, unbeaten teams. We need VAR in the sport. That would be the whole conversation. I today. can, but I could accept. I can accept the human error of a linesman getting that wrong. It was atrocious and he was in line with that and it would have annoyed me, but I can move on with it. When we have this thing, that this technology that's here to prove beyond doubt that he was on site. And it would have been, I mean, it was an easy one to do. And yet it still fumbles it. It still Fs it up. Well, that again. just <laughs> that just infuriates me. And I do feel like I I goal line technology, absolutely for it, automated offside, keep it in there. I would bin the rest. I would bin the rest. I honestly would. I, I think football is just such an in we don't even know what a handball is anymore. Like, I think it was Michael Cali tweeted, the minute they said you couldn't use your hands, football became this, entered into this, like, sport of grey areas. I know. And, and we'll never really played, know. Yeah, and it is played in grey gray areas. And, like, Jonathan Liu tweeted out today, okay, he tweeted out all the major incidents. Like, he goes, replay Argentina versus England in 1998. Replay the Champions League semi-final in 2005. Replay... um. Uh, replay Ireland versus France in 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 two thousand sure. like, two thousand nine like these things and again Liverpool fans are probably going to be tearing their hair out at me saying this but it's true these things are part and parcel of football like getting gypped getting ripped off 
or you know like just not having it go your way it's just part of the game and you're trying to perfect it with technology for technology run by humans and saturday is why it, it it just won't work and um yeah bin it go back to the way it was i'm sure. i'm happier to have i'm happier to have the errors because honestly this hasn't made it better uh should we move on to some of the other stuff from this game i feel like we no. just no you don't, no you're done or you have more to say on the Diaz thing? No, I'm just. <laughs> you take us where you want to go. I'll... I'm, uh... I'm just. It was one of those things where, and we'll get to this part. I don't like. I you can't begrudge Tottenham a win. Like if if Tottenham got that win in the ordinary run of things, I'd be fine with it. But just so galling that uh, to have a goal ruled out like that. Um. And then there's another part of me that's like, just move on. Just move on. It's wrecked the game. It's really wrecked the game. And it's wrecked. I hate coming on this podcast knowing we're, knowing we're going to be doing VAR talk. I just, and 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 decisions. I just, yeah. I hate it. Because it's not what the game's about. It's not the joy of it. It's not the fun of it. And um, And I really hope for my own sanity, because I think Liverpool, they're slowly but surely, like, Jesus, Sabish Light at times is just absolutely class. Gakbo has been really in a run of form. You know, there's a sense that we are transitioning from what we were into like a second plot phase. And it would really be irritating were drop points at Tottenham because of. In in part because of that Diaz offside, which wasn't an offside. If that's the thing that trips you up, come May. Like, if that's the thing that denies the second permanent. That now, would surprise you know, me. I feel like this team and this manager are are generally. How would it surprise you when it when if if this would if this would margin. if this would derail their season? Not I think derail, that but well, the, that's kind of what no, you're hinting you're not at. Listen to me. No, no, not derail. If that if the points that were not if if the point they weren't going to get or the three points because they would have been going one nil up Andrew if those points were not somehow in the wash it's that's the difference between them and City and we've seen how tight it can be before me no, you're right that would just irritate me beyond look I, I would tell you that this it was very early in this game Liverpool were down a man things would have changed it's hard for me to say. If Diaz scores that goal, Liverpool win. Maybe they do, but I think I don't think that that is. I don't think that's a fair Honestly, statement. Like, it's not make. like did it Spurs didn't. No, they didn't. But I don't know. Lap. But I don't know how that changes a game with, with the score being with Tottenham being down a goal. If that changes the way, I, I don't know. I don't know, and neither do you, and Jesus, no one. Does. I do. I, I mean, I mean, we, we don't know how specifically it would, but it changes the game state. Tottenham then maybe Tottenham as we know. Commit more people forward, but you know they're searching yeah. for an equalizer. And Maybe. we know how good Liverpool are on the break. You can't say it's insignificant. You can't say I'm not uh, saying it's in- insignificant, but I can't. But I'm also not going to say that it it took three points away from them. I don't know that. There's so much game left to have been played with Liverpool down a man. I, I don't know that. You can't. I, I don't think you can just say that. It's possible. Yeah, it well, well, like in, in for, yeah, I don't know. It's it's more than possible. It's it's. It's like it, it had a massive bearing on things. Massive bearing. Uh, Anyways, in, in terms of some of the other things that we'll now fight about, no, uh, I'm not going to fight about them. I'm going to fight about everything. Yeah. Um, 
obviously the, the Curtis Jones sending off was a huge moment in this game. It's a red. I think so too. I it's was a red. It's, it's not, it, it, it's unfortunate in the sense that first of all, it doesn't matter that he didn't go to do, um, who was it? He tackled Basuma. Was it? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Intent is not, it doesn't, no. that it doesn't factor into these decisions. People are going on and on about, I was surprised Lee Dixon, like, it's not I you know what I think part of the problem was here almost subconsciously what you said before I agree with and everyone agree with the game was so highly anticipated and it started really really well we were everybody was getting what they were waiting for in this matchup right and so the second this happens all the neutrals and Liverpool fans whoever everyone knows that this game has now been changed irreparably from whatever we were hoping that it would be. And so I think that there was maybe even a subconscious feeling of, no, 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 this would be wrong. No, please, no, no, no. Because it was going to mess up what was potentially a really fun game that everyone was excited about. And I think it seeps into the way people view things. Because for me, it's it's absolutely a red. I don't understand. Like, he goes over top of the ball. If you're going to do that, you, you can't be late. He was. And because of it, he lands on... Basuma's calf could it's only by I, I was listening to Dan Kilpatrick his podcast uh, talking about it and they were saying he's right it was only out of sheer luck that Basuma's leg didn't break well his leg his leg bent um and his and his foot was planted so it's one of those or he's very lucky um you can you can inhabit the two states where you think damn that's unlucky and also it's a red his he's his foot rolls across the top of the ball in the most unfortunate fashion. And, um, and yeah, but it's, it, the referee is not there to figure out whether he's a good lad or a bad lad. So initially when I saw it, I saw the uproar on Twitter and I got texts from my friends and I was like, am I seeing this differently? Um, and first of all, and first off, I, I thought definitely, okay, he's, he's got so much of the ball there and his foot's rolled over there was one, I think it was the angle from behind Curtis Jones. I was like, oh, that's not that bad. You see it from the other angle, which the referees have. Um, yeah, it's uh it's a red. And I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight that one. Yeah, I we're in agreement on that. Um I mean in terms of like the game itself. Well, it, hang on a sec, I'm not done. Okay. Um Di- uh, Diogo Jota. The, Whatever about the second one. The first one is like I I mean, okay, is it Basuma or whoever it is is racing away from him? Um Eclipse him. Yeah, a doggy. Uh you cannot see that much contact at all between Jota and him. And Udagi, what causes Udagi to go over or as he goes Udagi clips his own heels as well. Um I just I'm not giving a yellow for that. I'm not giving a yellow. I'm I'm like giving him a tick or a marking it or whatever. And then the next one, I think Jota has to be clever and not lunge like that. But even that one, like knowing uh, he's on a yellow and with, again, the inconsistencies of referees, like some of the stuff they've let away. Um, Paul Pogba last year against Wolves springs to mind, you know, because of let it flow. But that's a yellow. That's a definite second yellow. Not for me. Not for me. Um but there we go, yeah, and and that absolutely annihilated the game, like it really. Uh, I, 
credit to Liverpool. I thought they were superb to 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 absorb that one too. But no, I didn't like that one. Okay. Um, I mean, look in terms of the game, like from a Tottenham perspective, mm. it's almost it's almost unanalyzable. Like they, I don't know what to make of this performance. They had a really hard time breaking Liverpool down. Obviously, I mean, they got the quick one from Sun, um, but then it was That's just hard. Great- I mean, that's a great ball from, I'll, I'll analyze it for you. That ball from Madison is so perceptive between the center back and the fullback. That is a, just a class ball, perfectly weighted. And Richarlison delivers a very good pass. And as is becoming his trademark, that run to the near post from Son, um, I think that's a really good goal. It's one of the goals, you know, him doing the same thing at Arsenal and then doing it in this game against Liverpool. It's the kind of goal that makes you think that Son is now really taking to this new role, this new place on the field. It feels like positionally spacing the runs, the timing of them. It feels like he's he's getting the hang of this position, which is which is opt- a, a good thing, certainly for him and for the club. Um, but after that, it was hard for them. It was hard. I mean, Liverpool were excellent defensively. Uh, Tottenham had a hard time breaking them down. I mean, I remember, JJ, I think it was Emerson Royale last season or two seasons ago. And I remember you quoted something that your girlfriend said about he was playing in ball after ball. And she made some comment and and they were all being repelled. And she made some sort of comment where she was like, or do that again. And yeah. I was, and as much as I, I think Dejan Kulisevsky is a really good player, he's not the fastest guy, but it, the way he uses his body, the way he's able to stay on the ball, I'm really impressed by it. However, and they, they referenced it on the broadcast, he had become so predictable in getting the ball out on the right and then cutting inside and trying to play it in. And it was, Liverpool were just on it over and over again. And I, and I, to myself, quoted her. And and said in my own head, or do that again. And then finally, when they didn't, when they finally made a decision to actually overlap and Poro came down that right side, I know it was a fluky own goal, but he plays a nice ball in that puts Matzip in a tough position. And better late than never for them, it gets the goal that winds up winning them the game. I like Poro. Yeah. I, I thought Poro, Poro had a good game. Um, he also had a kind of underrated thing earlier on in the game where a ball a Salah makes just plucks the ball out of the air, lovely control and centers for Diaz. And Diaz has got a clean strike on goal. Poro tracks him all the way across and then just throws himself in front of it, tackles it, and uh, it goes out for a corner. People forget stuff like that. That's a brilliant bit of defending. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of my ultimate takeaways are, uh, like, obviously I'm to the moon that Spurs won this. Like, I, I... it's only their second win, like we documented over Liverpool. Sound it. You sound quite subdued. Well, I don't, because it was. It's one of the things that I was going to ask you about with this. So, I mean, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be different on this podcast, I think, than like how I would maybe be in watching it. I'm doing this with a Liverpool fan, and it's, I don't know, like, do I want to be that guy? And like, That's fair, be a, I, be I can a, take it. No, nah, I know, but like, the, the only thing that I did think about of like, okay, how do I? do I want to be a complete dick? And I was like, no, that's not really me. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't talk trash. Sure. I've seen it. (laughs) I don't talk trash though. It's not like, it's just not something that I'm good at. I feel like that's one of those things that like people are either good at that or they're not. And like, I just don't do that. However, the only thing that crept in my head when I was thinking about it was um, in 2019, JJ, when uh, Liverpool beat Spurs two, one on the Aldevarelde own goal. 
in like the 96th yeah. minute. It was just a, in a moment of low morale for Spurs, it was a particularly brutal blow. And especially for me, then having to do this podcast and it was, I think it was Mourinho Tottenham. And like, I was already like on the defensive every week because of, you know, the way you were ripping on Mourinho and, and me for being for it. And it was just, I was just in a bad place. So that goal happens and I'm ready to kill someone. And then my phone buzzes and it's our mutual friend Fitz, who's an, a huge Liverpool supporter who obviously Massive. watched the game and, and, Immediately, my in this moment of rage, my phone buzzes and it's him. And I look at it and it just says, "Miss the game? What happened?" <laughs> and I wanted to take a hammer and smash my phone into a thousand pieces. And so I always think about that effing text mm-hmm. and how That's I then how he is. I love him, but I, in that moment, I would have killed him if he was in front of me. Um, and I always thought, okay, one day we're going to beat them again and it's going to be awesome. And like, what, what should I do? And I don't do anything. Cause that's just not me. Cause I'm a coward and I'm pathetic, but, but I loved this. I mean, Matt, and, and Matt tip, I actually laughed out loud when Matt tip scored that goal. Cause there was something almost comedic about it to me where Liverpool, I mean, Klopp talked about it afterwards. Liverpool defended so heroically Tottenham are a great attacking team. Liverpool are down to 10 men for almost the whole game. Then they go down to nine. And Tottenham still can't break them down. And it just is the ultimate in high comedy, if you're the supporter of the other team, that it would be one of the guys who was defending so heroically who would be at fault in such a kind of hilarious way on a fluky own goal. Like there was something about it. I just laughed when it went in. Yeah. Um, So I got mad at Matt briefly. I was like, it's so difficult. You see in replays, Replays allow the common man to believe they could have done something. I, I honestly think playing those at full speed again gives you the sense of how fast that ball is coming, how fast you have to react, how he's facing the goal. Replays are just for... They give they give those who think they can play ball uh, an opportunity to go, oh, come on. Um, Yeah, God, I was sick. Because I thought, you know what? As it turns out, this is a solid point. This is a good point. Um, you guys are not often on that end of those types of losses. You de- you deal out many of them. You're not usually on the other side. Mm. No, when you're a when you're a big fish, you generally aren't. That's the truth of it. Um, and Liverpool have down years even in the title winning. I remember going to Aston Villa, Villa playing well, defending well, going one nil up. And Liverpool scoring two after 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I remember a game at Norwich as well, um, under Klopp. So, no, I don't... I mean, I'm not I'm not a spoiled brat. Like, I'm not like that. I mean, we've... God, we've had more luck. We could actually... We could loan luck to the Spurs. We've got so much left over. Oh. So, it's not a... It's not a I I will get over this. I just it's just maddening, absolutely maddening. Um, what happened with the with the Diaz goal? But again, mistakes happen in the game, and um, I'll I'll find a way, I'll find a way around it. Klopp, I think I learned so much about my team, much more than if we would have won here, and it was a bad performance. It was a really outstanding performance in a specific way. We didn't get any points from it, but we will use it anyway. That's the plan. I do think there's things they can take from it. I really do. As sickening a loss as it was, um, 
And it was tough watching people try to console uh, Joel Matip afterwards. It was like, I think in that scenario, even if you're his best friend on the team or a really good teammate, I think you leave the guy alone. I really do think that. And when you get to the locker room and there's a general debrief, you can say, look, Joel, you were brilliant. Nothing nothing you could have done. But, you know, like kind of grabbing his face. I think it was so, Allison. Uh, like kind of yeah. calls attention. Grabbing but, but his if, face. But if they of... don't, sometimes you see teams criticized for that. Where were his teammates? Yeah, but but I think either. Yeah, I, but I think it's utterly meaningless. The guy is inconsolable. And... um the last thing he wants is some guy saying it's not your fault when he will not be able to rationalize it that way. Um, I think sometimes you just have to leave someone stewing that for a while um, or get them at a quiet moment later. But immediately afterwards, they're not going to be receptive to any of that kind of, um, hey, chin up kind of stuff. Uh, last bit on this game for me. Uh, with regards to the Tottenham side of it, they're unbeaten. They're second in the table. They're way ahead of schedule. There's no question about that. However, I don't, I don't know just exactly how good they are. Uh, mm. And I, and I don't know that I mean that in the good way. Like, I don't know if like Bill Parcells always says you are what your record says you are. And there is a, a black and white truth to that, but I don't really subscribe to that theory. And I, and, and, and I don't know that Tottenham are quite as good as what the table suggests. They were, I mean, look, I loved this. It will go down on my pantheon of like memorable games that I've seen them play, especially in this moment, this vibes moment of Ange, but they were so fortunate to win this. Just ridiculous fortune to have won this game. They were incredibly fortunate against Sheffield United. Look, even as good as they played, even against Manchester United. I mean, remember the, the controversial non-call on the Romero handball, which we know handballs, I don't know what they are, what they aren't, but with another ref, it probably would have been. Or it might have been. I, I don't know. So they, Ange, has, he's been really good. He's changed the culture of the club. He's got them playing a certain type of way quickly, but he's also been very fortunate. And whether or not, like people will say, maybe that'll catch up with him. Maybe it will at some point. They could run into a, a rough patch of, of defeats, or maybe this was going to be that rough patch, but he's kind of lucked his way through it, and maybe they'll be fine in the future. I don't know. But what I do know is, like any talk, uh, it's so early to be talking about this, but any talk of like Tottenham being in a title race, I, I'm, I'll ride this wave as long as possible, but man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know um, if I can get to that place just yet. There's a, there's a good piece from football three, six, five, um, who they do 16 conclusions after the big games and it, it, it's worth reason. Uh, and I wonder if this is where you're at with Spurs, this kind of momentum can parry teams a long way and the sheer absurdity of the way they've acquired seven points, a total that could could extremely easily with a couple of flaps of a butterfly's wings being zero from their last three games is all part of the intoxicating charm. So this was obviously earlier on. Spurs are good, but there appears to be a chaotic force propelling them currently that defies explanation and reason. So I think... <sighs> Yes, I agree with I, that. I, Sometimes the winning teams have that on their side. Yes, Lug, I, I mean, also, I, other with the I also think of, Ange has done a great job, kind of, of unleashing them. Sure, of course. I mean, that's where if you want to say, you know, the cliche, you make your own luck. 
you know, Tottenham are bombing forward. Poro plays in a tricky ball. And next thing you know, there's an own goal. I mean, that stuff. Because we know if that was Mourinho, they would have been still camped on their 18, petrified. (laughs) Right. Those things are more, you're you're more likely to get lucky bounces, I suppose, when you're trying to play this kind of football. But luck or not, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they, they've had some, they've had fortune on their side, which is not a thing that they are the same way Liverpool are not accustomed to these kinds of losses. Tottenham are not necessarily accustomed to having luck in their corner the way they have so far in this season. Um, So I'll tell you what, let's, Let's take a deep breath. There was a lot there. We'll go ahead. We'll we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll get to the rest of what was a pretty important weekend, um, especially at the top of the table and the bottom, um, with some really important results. So we'll go through all of those when we come back. More Caught Offside still to come. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, back now. Caught offside late on a uh, Sunday evening here in the United States of America. Uh, JJ, let's go to the bottom of the table. Um, on our midweek pod, I had spoken about Everton and how quietly Everton versus Luton Town this weekend was maybe one of the two or three most important games that were going to happen. And it was a game that Everton could not lose, cannot lose this one if you're serious about staying up. And then they went ahead and lost it. 2-1. So okay, lose these games, but like now if you're ever to like you're not going to accumulate many points this season. So now if you lose at home to Luton, find this has to be made up someplace else. You got to go there and win now, which they could. They absolutely could, but like these are the ones that if you're if you're serious about staying up and you're serious about building off of the momentum that they've had with these last two wins, one in the league, one in the cup, you can't this stuff can't happen, and it's particularly frustrating, I think, for Everton because for however bad they are, I do believe they're better than Luton Town. I do think that. And so if you're playing at home against a team that you're better than, one of like the great equalizers, like they say in, in, in the NFL and football, like weather is a great equalizer. Two, mm-hmm. uh, a great team and a bad team can suddenly become normalized in, in snow. Right. I, I think in soccer, one of the great equalizers is set the idea of set pieces. Yeah. And so, like, in open play, Everton might be far better than Lutontown. But if you're going to commit fouls in dangerous places, you kind of now, like, in those brief moments of a set piece, the game kind of is all level. And it only takes one guy to make a mistake. Like, suddenly it's all on a knife's edge. And it happened twice to them, especially Mikolenko falling asleep and allowing that to happen. I mean, like, those kinds of mistakes come back to bite you. 
Now, I don't want to make this, and a lot of Everton fans are, I don't want to make this about Sean Dyche entirely, but, like, isn't that what Dyche brings? Like, serious organisation? Mikelenko losing um, Carlton Morris. Now, it's a great, we should say, what a good finish by Carlton Morris. Yeah. It's really quality. Mikelenko losing him like that is, is it's just so bad. But even on the first goal, when Morris heads the ball, comes off the bar, hits off Pickford, Ashley Young's got to clear that. And he Pick just takes a long. beat. And Tom Lockyer just tackles it into the net. But those things can't happen. You've got, got to be able to clear your lines. And um, it kind of wipes away the good feelings now because you've given a relegation rival three points at your building. And while I still think that Everton are better than Luton Town, you've given Luton a chance now to kind of build momentum. They've made a few changes. They're starting Chidozi Ogbeni more often. He seems to be helping the team. Um, they're not going to go down without a fight. And now you've given them a bit of hope. And you had this buffer below you of bad teams who you were hoping would stay bad throughout the rest of the season to make sure you stayed up. Uh, and now you've given one of them this this kind of uh, this jolt. It's just it's just not good. Um, Everton had 23 shots, five on target, one Everton goal. Luton had two shots on target, two goals. I mean, up front, Everton are still not there. Um, we still think they'll probably just still we're gonna we're gonna say that every week i don't know i don't know i will start i'm not to... move i'm not moving off of my preseason prediction not enough has happened yet they just lost a luton at home this would be a weird moment for me to say yeah i think they're gonna stay up now and if i didn't think it last week i i don't know <laughs> i'm i'm still very worried dice said afterwards we're trying to create a mentality where the team is on it all the time We've just taken two steps forward and now we've gone back again. It's driving me mad. Angry yeah. Deitch. I mean, it's driving me mad. John. Uh, actually, I saw the full game against Brentford. Like, they played well against Brentford. Uh, now, Brentford may be in a bit of a sticky patch themselves, not playing all that well. Um, that point against Forrest today might kind of confirm that a little bit, but Everton looked to me like there was something solid there to build on. To to have Luton at home and do that is go two 0 down to them. Yeah. Oh my god. In the Awful. first half, that's really bad. That 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 sucks the life out of any kind of momentum that was built from the other games. I think so too. I think Deitch is right. If there was momentum that was building, they've gone. They've taken a big step back and back in a really and, and in very frustrating fashion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see, Manchester City. JJ. I mean, Tottenham Liverpool may have grabbed the headlines because of the insane nature of the game. Um, but maybe the like result-wise craziest thing to happen this weekend was Wolves beating Man City on our jump to conclusions pod just a few weeks ago. We asked if City can make a run at the Invincibles. And uh, we did not. We we both did not jump to that conclusion. And in the end, we were proven right. We were proven mm-hmm. right far quicker than I thought we might be. As I mean, if you're Manchester City. You don't have many terrible weeks, but to have lost your first game in a season where maybe some fans thought invincible status was on the table, and you also blew your chance at a quadruple, which again was always going to be really, really hard, but 
they're out of that quicker than they would have imagined, I think. And they love that competition. They yeah, love they, the Carabao Cup. They sure do. They sure do. Uh, this was a, a rare, terrible week for Pep. Yeah. I mean... And he had to we'll watch it from see, the stands. We'll have to see if this can snowball into something more terrible. I, I suppose for, for the social media departments, it was great that he listed all of uh, Wolves' quality players before the game and then got to... Uh, Huang and just said uh, the Korean guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he even said the bull, uh, I mean, Huang He Chan, okay, fair enough, didn't get that. Um, but he he does have a pretty accessible uh, nickname. Uh, yeah, like, is there a weirder team than Wolves in the league either? Because I think Wolf, I think we have to consider that they're good. They are, but they are also bad. They, because they went to Old Trafford, put in the performance, like a superb performance. Um, didn't get their just desserts from that. Okay, fair enough. And then the following week, they were beaten fairly comfortably. Was it by Brighton? Um, I can't remember, but they were they were beaten. Um. I I don't know what they are. They, they played are a really kids. they played a really good half against Liverpool. I they did they did. Now that yeah, that came did. apart eventually, but that's yeah, not no, an they, easy thing. And then yeah. they just beat Manchester City. Yeah, it's true. Um, whether they can hang on to Neto in January is going to be tough. He's spectacular. Yeah, he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Cunha and Neto, the two players for me that have stood out for them. Um, when I watched them, yeah, really, really quality. If they had hung uh, on to Mateus Nunes, I mean, who who knows what kind of surprising season they might have been able to have? Yeah, and I, maybe um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy. I will say this: I don't know who won man of the match in this game. I didn't. I didn't check that. However, I, I'll say Craig Dawson saved two goals from happening. Yeah, as a defender for Wolves. That's pr- I mean, against Man City in a game that you win two one. A defender takes two goals. He saved one off the line. Then that other one, City had that beautiful move. I think it was Ruben Diaz who played a ball over the top to, I think, Doku, who then played it into Holland. I thought, up, goal. And Dawson slides in from out of nowhere and just nicks it just out on the outside of the post. I mean, it was brilliant defending. He took a goal right off the board. What a game. Julian Alvarez free kick was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Blank for Holland. Wonder is there anything to read into that? What do you mean blank for Holland? Didn't score? Hmm. Well, what does he have to score every game? If I asked you, will Holland score against Wolves? What would you have said before the game? Well, probably before every game, I'll say, yeah. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. But I'm but he's not going. He's not gonna score in every single game. I'm not, not gonna get upset if he doesn't. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just looking at potential weaknesses. If there was to be a crisis of confidence suddenly thrust upon Holland's shoulders, I wonder where what would happen City then. Well, the only thing that I will wonder about is we always say, and this, by the way, we have to see more evidence of this before I'm ready to like actually say it. But what's the one thing we always say about Manchester City, JJ? That anyone can get hurt or suspended and it doesn't matter. Well, maybe, we, maybe De Bruyne and Rodri, after they've lost Gundogan, um, you know, maybe we're starting to see like, okay, maybe there is an actual point where we're having great players available to you matters. Maybe and, we can finally test that theory and see if it's true. 
Yeah. And yeah. and maybe this is a game where you're starting to see that. Because, like, Kovacic is not – he ain't it. He's fine. I, I think I thought – I think I had a higher opinion of him than what I've seen from him so far this season. That could be unfair. You always – stress how it's hard to just walk into manchester city and immediately adapt to the way they want to do things mm-hmm. um but they're mid like with rodri not there with de bruyne not there their midfield just is far less threatening it just is things nice and tight from six to first though two point cap it's great yeah brighton on 15 villa in fifth on 15 liverpool on 16 and fourth arsenal in, uh and third on 17 and the tottingham 17 points also. Unbelievable. Sitting in second place. Hmm. Just ridiculous. What a time to be alive. Uh, One of those teams that you did not mention, JJ, Manchester United. They just cannot get on track. Booze ringing out at the half, at full time. Leaks in the stadium. Uh, I remember it was a, I think it was 2021 when there was the riot at the stadium uh, and Liverpool Man United had to be cancelled. And they were using stock footage of of various complaints about the Glazers. And one of them was that they weren't maintaining Old Trafford properly. And they showed a leak from earlier in the season where the water was just cascading down. (laughs) Now, it wasn't quite cascading, but there appeared to be supporters at one end. And they were getting soaked. And they were under the cover of the stand. And they were just getting soaked. So, um, it never rains, but it pours. (laughs) Um, no, this wasn't good. This was the booze. The booze were, I mean, on the booometer, they were high. It was a high, it was a 9.5 on the booometer. Uh, you think so? You think it was that bad? Yeah, the booze were bad. I was like, ooh, ooh. Are they, are they wrong? Um, no, they're not wrong. Uh, United won the XG, so that was something, I guess, uh, no, they're not wrong. That was that was dire. Uh, to mid to win midweek against that opposition and then to come out and and uh, and play like that in the league was. They're yeah. not. They they are. It's just not a good side. No, they're, they're not a good team. And Ten Hag is kind of flailing, trying to get something out of them, and it's it's not happening. They're not an intimidating team to play against right now. No. I still believe they have good players. But Bruno Fernandes has gone quiet of late. Um, look, the goal they conceded was a wonderful goal and a great finish from Anderson. Yeah, we should say that because that skips up off the turf and he nails it. Like, yeah. absolutely nails it. Perfect. Um, brilliant. It's, brilliant kind, it's hit a little bit centrally. Like, it's kind of near Onana, but it's just hit at such velocity that Onana, he's not going to get to it. He can't react and, and in his, time. Yeah, and in his recent form, he wouldn't get to it anyway. Um yeah, uh, there was an interesting stat I read. Manchester United ranked sixth for total shots, but third bottom above only Burnley and Luton for percentage of shots on target. So sixth for total shots, shots on target, just above Burnley and Luton. That is that is bad. Well, I also it, noticed it, that, that speaks to something that I feel like just observing them. You mm. you kind of see is like they do have. They so, they have some moves still where I feel like their build up is decent, but I feel like everything for them in the final third is just it ends so meekly. Um, like I know when yeah. Garnacho came on, he had an opportunity and he, he kind of fizzled one on net that had nothing behind. It. Like it just feel Bruno took a shot that kind of went a little bit wild. Like they just have a lot of 
a lot of passages of play that look like they're promising and they're just like the United fans. I know they booed, but there were definitely there were like moments in that game when they felt like there was momentum behind them and, and the roar went up around that place to try yeah. to will their team on. You heard it time and time again. And there's just uh, maybe a little bit of energy runs through them and they and but not they don't sustain it. They don't have like whatever Rashford we saw last season from like a, a cutting edge standpoint isn't really there this season. Uh, I don't know. Hoyland is leading the line also while he tries to settle in. Uh, Palestri started as well. A lot expected of him. Casemiro, Mount and Fernandez in midfield. Like if you just look at the spine of that side, Onana, Varane, Lindelof, Casemiro, Mount, for Bruno Fernandez and, and, and Hoyland. Like, if you can keep Bruno Fernandes quiet, you've pretty much got the keys to this team, don't you? Yes, I would agree. A uh, lot of hate online uh, for Marcus Rashford. He is now, remember we, we spoke to Dan from uh, London is Blue, and we asked him, well, who's the who's the kind of lightning rod for Chelsea right now? Um, Rashford getting a lot of abuse online, and... Uh, from from United supporters, hmm. that's that's a sign as well. Um, Amrabat uh, played as well, so I guess that's something. Although, um, well, his first game in the Carabao Cup was really promising. He was excellent. Yeah, so there could be something there. They just, yeah, they're not good, man. They're just not good, and they're they're kind of like, you know. You look at it, they couldn't shift Scott, Scott McTominay and they're probably, probably right not to get rid of him because he's a kind of a bench guy, a depth guy, a guy they can use. But look at look at the subs bench. Johnny Evans. Donny Van de Beek came on. Um, Garnacho, look, like him. I think he's a young, uh, a young talent. Christian Eriksen, still... No. Anthony Martial, still at the football club. Can't get rid of Harry Maguire. Um... Casemiro, Casemiro, hindsight, probably shouldn't have have bought him. Probably shouldn't have done that. Um, Dallow still there. Varane, Lindelof, Varane, fine. Lindelof probably should have been gone too. Rashford, maybe they should have cashed in on the good form that he was in. Oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they could have done that. It's tough with him being in his local ties and coming up through the club and, and just what he means to the club. Although, like, I mean not showing on the field he's kind of just drifting away into the background coming off the season he had it it would have been weird if they if this summer they sent him somewhere else i I don't think that would have gone over well no but i mean not renew his contract i don't know i I think i I, I, i can see why they would I I don't know it's i guess it's foolish of me to say that with the way he's playing right now but it, it doesn't surprise me that they decided to go to make him a centerpiece of the team i think it's just you look at the team and you think has this this squad of players being assembled with a singular thought or aim or ambition, footballing ambition in mind. Like I just Mason Mounts don't get it. Yeah. Do not get it for that amount of money. Don't understand it. Yeah. Um. And I saw plenty of you know explainers about when he was signed in the summer about what he would do and what he would bring to the club. And the idea, I'm sure Ten Hag had some idea behind signing him, but it just, I don't know, man. They're, they're adrift now. 
Um, yeah, I, I, what else can you say about them, really? Last bit. Uh, I believe I read, JJ, that Roy Hodgson, weirdly, is now unbeaten in five straight at Old Trafford. Go figure. And I'm delighted to see him back. A few weeks ago, we had that kind of health scare and we didn't know what was going on. Um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, got some got some really talented players there, too. One other one in the Premier League that needs to be mentioned, Aston Villa absolutely smashed Brighton um, in, in a battle of kind of like the two other clubs that have Champions League top four aspirations that probably I, I don't think are going to reach them, but they were... And two two managers du jour, Andrew. Yeah, but before the season, kind of two teams that were sort of like trendy, chic, keep an eye on this team kind of pick. Yeah. And, it, and it's Villa who deal the first blow wow um i would say he's been okay so far but ollie watkins welcome welcome to the season yeah a nice little three goal two assist afternoon for him i think uh, the way Dejerby plays it's possible a result like this can happen um and of course villa under emery are absolutely no joke uh brighton started two 18 year olds um evan ferguson and then another one crucially in central midfield um jack uh hinchelwood will not forget his debut anytime soon um yeah it's uh it's it's funny that we're talking about villa uh, villa and and brighton as 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 these pretenders to the champions league throne but it but they are um i do wonder from the brighton perspective if you know we're going to start to see not more of this but if, there, off. but if there might be a little like, look, I think so highly of that manager and I love that team. Um, but the fixture list is starting to heat up. They've had five games in the last two weeks. United, then they had a midweek against AEK Athens. Then the, that Sunday they had Bournemouth. Then midweek again, lost to Chelsea in the cup. And then Saturday against Villa. Five games in two weeks for Brighton. That's... It's going it's, to be hard for them. It's kind of uncharted territory. And uh, and it's really going to push and stretch their squad depth. Yeah, it is it is going to be tough for them, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see how that affects them. I mean, I don't know if fatigue was the reason that this happened. I think that, that's prob- that might be a little bit unfair to Aston Villa, who were just incredible. Every time they went forward, it felt like something was coming. Um, and sure enough, I mean, six goals says all you need to know, but... Yeah, we'll see if this is uh, if this is maybe the beginning of, like you said, a leveling off for Brighton. That that remains to be seen. Um, JG, have anything else on the Premier League before we get to a couple other notes? Um, nothing. And if I think of something, it'll be in the second pod this week, Andrew. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good because we will we will have a second pod this week as we almost always do. A um, few other things that we want to mention just before getting out on this one: um, Supporter Shield. In MLS, FC Cincinnati, they win it, and uh, I guess they now become one of the league's great recent success stories. This team was, I mean, when they when they became an MLS side, uh, they were awful. I mean, they were really were bad. A, a punching bag club in this league, three straight years of being the worst club. And then, I mean, look, it goes to show that if you put smart people in charge, change can happen quickly. Imagine that. Intelligent minds actually have the ability to 
alter the direction of a club. And in this league, they can do so quickly. And I think you see that with Chris Albright, who came in as general manager, Pat Noonan, who came in as head coach. And in two years, look where they're at. They, By the way, they've got the supporter shield now locked up. They could still break the points record that New England hold if they win out. It's going to be tough. All three games, if they win all three, it could be done. They'll break the points record. This team was a joke two years ago. It's yeah. really amazing. It is It is amazing. Uh, funny, though, there was a dose of... Uh, I, just before we came on air, I was... Because uh, I, I want to read uh, some of uh, Pablo Moyer's tweets. Um, but uh, I stumbled across this one from six hours ago. He said, sat down today and looked at the table and realized that the Chicago Fire could make the playoffs this year. Like, realistically, the MLS regular season is meaningless, truly. You have to be truly atrocious to miss the playoffs, truly. We've said this for how long? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so the the, the regular season is really, yeah. you just have to stink to not make it. But that, I, I don't mean to take away from F, uh, Cincinnati, but I wonder, you know, they have their first round bye now. Um. Do you want to be supporter shield winner going into uh, the knockout stages, or would you prefer to be second, third, fourth, just kind of, you know, sliding in under the radar? People not talking about you as much as they will talk about Cincinnati. I'm always gonna want to win the most games. Like I don't know, I, I I'll take being the best team. Mm. So I, I I don't know I. I see what you're saying. Supporter Shield winners have not had a lot of success in no, the postseason. They have not. So, I, I guess there is some, there's something to what you're saying, um, but I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Don't be the best that you can be. It's better to be a little bit worse. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to get there. Um, for for what it's worth, the fans are real. I don't always know how Supporter Shield. Winner, like I don't always know how that trophy is viewed in this league because this is a postseason culture in the U.S. It just is. Um, so the supporter shield, I don't know that people always can get behind that, but this was really celebrated. I mean, they, that place went wild. I saw videos afterwards of like yeah. real like celebrations and real really soaking this in. And by the way, they should. I mean, this this was not an MLS side just a few years ago. They, I'm sure this was to get for them to get to this point yeah. uh, has been an incredible story. I just, yeah, and they had a hardcore support from their their amazing run in USL in the in the Open Cup when they knocked out the Chicago Fire. Um, wasn't it the Chicago Fire they knocked out? I think it was. And then they hosted the Red Bulls. Um, but they, uh, you know, so they had an already they had already got a you know hardcore fan base. So it's it's probably absolutely brilliant for them and um and they're buzzing and they will remember you know what they'll remember the season fondly regardless of what happens in the playoffs but i'm sure they'd like to continue this season of good vibes and take it deeper yeah and we'll see what this does for uh lucho acosta's landon donovan mvp candidacy it feels like i mean he's just been so so instrumental um to this team's success and i wonder now if if if, you know the best team in the regular season if if that is enough to solidify this award for him feels like it's trending heavily in that direction right now but but uh we shall see so congratulations to fc cincinnati and a really amazing success story and we'll see like you said how this impacts what happens next for them in the playoffs because that is that is the trophy that is valued the most obviously yeah um one other thing that tiny story that's emerged from from the league this week is 
Um, and, and this is the reason I was in Pablo's tweets. Um, the seemingly across the board price hikes for season tickets uh, that we're hearing from all, all corners of MLS. Uh, Miami being the most notable. Miami now have more expensive season tickets than quite a few top Premier League and La Liga clubs. Pablo writes, uh, Miami's season ticket price hike is atrocious. Clubs across the league are also hiking prices for weeks. For weeks, my DMs have been full of DC United season ticket holders who are coping with 20-30% increases at times. One has had season tickets since 96. You don't get those customers back after Messi leaves. Um, I think there's a lot of fatigue across MLS in terms of incremental hikes every year. Clubs slip the price up 5-10% and eventually after 4 or 5 years, long-time fans are priced out. It's tough. Um, and I saw I saw a ton of tweets from people. Um, it's, it's as if like there's just a sense we have to cash in on Messi being here now. Um, regardless of of the consequences. Just yeah. go for it. Um, MLS Buzz. DC United's cheapest seated ticket for next season is $880. That will give them the third most expensive cheap ticket in the Premier League. Oh, my God. MLS clubs are charging prices for season tickets as if they were the top league in the world. It's unbelievably greedy and stupid. Uh, Mike... Uh, this is uh Mike Ryan Ruiz from the he's uh -huh. the from the Lebatar show. Mm -hmm. My 2023 season ticket plan was six thousand eight hundred and two for two seats. The price they quoted to retain my seats is thirty thousand <gasps> six hundred. This makes Inter Miami the most expensive soccer ticket in the world, with what I can only assume is the biggest year-over-year -year price increase ever. Outrageous. That, I'm not... How yeah. do you, I, I need to hear... I need to hear someone defend that. Like I, I know that there's a sentiment that, well, look, if you want our league to grow, then there we have, it's, all, it's, a, it's a financial issue. We need more money into the clubs, and that's how we can... But like... So what is Inter Miami going to do with that money now? Like, is uh, who are who's getting who are they reinvesting in to to warrant a ticket price hike from six thousand to thirty thousand? Yeah, so I, like so I, I thought, so, I, and look, so Mike, I know this Mike stuff matters. Ryan, but Mike, Mike goes on. He goes, Inter Miami reached out to me. I explained my situation. The reason for the inflated price is because of an error in their system. Added additional seats. If they had previously uh, re uh, of an earned system, added additional seats if they had previously relocated. So my quote was double what it should have been. Double so what, what if? So been. what if he had said yes? Okay, would they have said? Would they have come back to him and said, "Oh no, no, that's our mistake. I'm sorry. It's actually system error happened with everyone. Relocation had nothing to do with season ticket holders. Open an email with a quote, quote price that not only doubled their price but doubled their seats." They're still mad expensive, even still. Even if it's not thirty. All right. Well, I, but thank you for clarifying that because that would have been bad if we. It's, uh, so it's yeah, not no. thirty thousand because that's no, it's not, that's it's, truly ridiculous. It's it's still, yeah, insane. Uh, 
and and finally, just on this, because I've been following it on Twitter mainly because I don't see no any MLS season ticket holders. Uh, Zito, Zito Madu. It's so disappointing that as the sport grows in the United States and with all these tournaments coming here the next few years that MLS, US soccer and the powers that be in general have decided to make access as expensive as possible instead of making the game accessible. It's just, it's so grimly predictable. Um, you know, we've got this World Cup coming. We've got Messi here right now. We are in a good place soccer-wise. Let's absolutely gouge the life out of everyone. Yeah, if if it does feel like that. It does. I, I have know. major, I... major concerns for the for Copa America next year, ticket-wise. A lot of people who are deeply passionate about the sport are going to be priced out. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, that maybe that's the nature of how these things go, but it's it's still unfortunate. But we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, JJ, I don't have much else. I don't have much else. It's extremely late. I don't, sir. I wish to go to bed and yeah. um, wake up tomorrow and just have forgotten about Saturday. Okay. We made it through this. I- I'm happy about that. Of course, and See, we were always the, going to. Of it's course, not... the, the thing that I was afraid of, for me, there was only one thing, because I knew we were going to agree about Diaz and that situation. I'm not an idiot. Um, the only thing I was worried about that we hadn't spoken about was the Curtis Jones red, because I felt I felt very strongly about that, and I was afraid that you were going to feel very strongly the other way, and I thought there was, no. was going to be some fireworks there. I think that's one of those that's really unfortunate, but... Um... I mean, maybe there's an a let it flow interpretation where he gets away with it, but not. I mean, to me, like it's it's dangerous and it's it's a red. I'm not gonna. I won't be losing sleep over that one. I will be. So I got flashbacks as a child with the offside decision. So Ireland went to in in qualifying for USA '94. Ireland went to Seville, where Spain would uh, play their international games. Really hostile atmosphere. So hard to win there. And Ireland played brilliantly. Missed a few chances, but were genuinely really, really good. And then John Aldridge scored a goal, which was clearly onside. Mm-hmm. The replays in the studio showed it. Like, it was it was as onside as the Diaz one. Like, super onside. And the injustice of that goal not being allowed really kind of just stuck with me. You know, it, it's the obviousness of it. But it was in the era where there was no VAR. The referee and the linesman got it right or they got it wrong on the night. That was it. No recourse, nothing. Um. So now it's just so hard to see something like that happen again when we have everything we need to, to turn that over. But there we are. I've, so, I've said so all I have to say. Rank rank them. That one, the Henri handball or this Diaz incident? Which one has, Which one hurts the most? Henri is still the stakes, Andrew. The stakes. That was. That's the one that that I always look at and think, I can't believe he lived through that and still doesn't want. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like that. That's the one that that shows that you're you're a fanatic. Uh, I'm a a zealot. (laughs) If I was. If I started my own religion about VAR, uh, VAR, against VAR, I'd be called a radical cleric. <laughs> so that's the way I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's the one that I point to. I think, well, yeah. He is um, devout in his beliefs. 
Uh, yeah, I just um, oh that one hurt. Oh that hurt, because Ireland put in a performance in Paris that was just brilliant and deserved. Um, now we still hadn't won the game at that point, you know. That's true. Um, but we were uh, we were in a good place. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, all these memories dredged up before I go to bed now. Just an unbelievable caught offside cup goes down in the lore of. Uh, what have been many, many incredible caught offside cups. We'll be back midweek. It is, of course, a Champions League week. So we'll have reaction. Uh, you probably see that one early Thursday morning. I would be checking your feeds uh, for that one as we'll we'll look back on what happens on Tuesday and Wednesday. JJ, I have enjoyed this. To you, I say... Check you later, Andrew. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.